0: alone in the very first session, I wondered to myself whether I was experiencing a Da Vinci Code factor, a renewed interest in and skepticism toward the historical basis of Christianity generated in part by Dan Brown's phenomenally successful 2003 novel and subsequent film. On reflection, I suspect the Da Vinci Code itself was part of a wider fascination with historical roots. Fifteen years ago, we hardly ever saw TV shows exploring the real story of, say, the ancient Israelites, Alexander the Great, the life of Christ, the Roman emperors, the rise of Christianity, the Crusades, and so on. In the last few years, it seems the major broadcasters have aired documentary exposés on these themes virtually on a monthly basis. Skepticism and intrigue concerning the past are alive and well. Interestingly, Christianity has always invited the kinds of doubts mentioned above. There is a simple reason for this. Christianity claims to be based on history. Unlike the Hindu Upanishads, which focus on the believer's merger with the life-force Brahman, or the Buddhist Tripitaka, which emphasizes the extinguishment of self and suffering, or the Islamic Qur'an that centers on the nature and practice of submission to God, the New Testament revolves around a series of events— said to have occurred in Palestine between 5 BC and AD 30. This makes Christianity particularly open, some would say vulnerable, to the kinds of questions just listed. The logic is simple. If you claim that something spectacular took place in history, intelligent people are going to ask you historical questions. On the whole, Christianity has welcomed this. It is as if the Christian faith places its head on the chopping block of public scrutiny and invites us all to take a swing. In saying that Christianity is historical, I do not mean provable. It is certainly not my intention in this small book to convince readers that Jesus actually healed the sick, rose from the dead, and so on. My aim is simpler. I want to underline for readers what is already a given in the academic study of the subject. Christianity is based on claims that can be examined historically. The subtitle of this book says it all. I want to explore with readers how historians know what they know about the man we know as Jesus Christ, whose contemporaries knew him as Yeshua ben Yosef, Jesus, son of Joseph. The emphasis here is not so much on what historians know about Jesus, though there will be a bit of that throughout. I want to explain how historians arrive at their conclusions. What sources do they use? What methods do they employ? What levels of reliability do they assign to the various data in front of them? One thing should become clear, and I will be happy if readers come away with only this. Professional historians, regardless of their religious persuasion, treat the New Testament and its portrait of Christ far more seriously than the general public realizes. There are literally thousands of scholars around the world who devote their time to analyzing early Christianity. Some of them hold chairs in the most prestigious universities in the world, and they constantly publish their findings in the more than one hundred academic journals dedicated to this subject. One reason for the size of this scholarly enterprise, apart from the fact that Christianity has been around for a while, is that the data at the historian's disposal is greater than most of us realize. Christianity arrived on the scene at a time of great literary activity. Philosophers were writing weighty tomes on the meaning of life, poets and playwrights were composing material to make people laugh and cry, emperors were crafting royal propaganda to ensure they were well remembered, and historians were recording for posterity all that they could discover about the startling events surrounding the rise of the Roman Empire. Even though we possess only a tiny proportion of the texts we know were composed at the time, the non-biblical writings from this period 100 BC to AD 200, fill many shelves in your local university library. One lucky outcome of this flurry of literary output is that a small-town Jewish teacher named Yeshua, anglicized as Jesus, happened to rate a mention in several of the writings of the period. This is not as predictable as you might imagine, although today we recognize Jesus as the founder of the world's largest religion. Back in the first century, he was hardly known outside the tiny strip of Roman-ruled land called Palestine. It is a happy accident of history that Jesus rated a mention outside the texts of the New Testament. The New Testament itself was part of this ancient literary boon. At one level, the second part of the Christian Bible is little more than a set of...